MJ, welcome back to the podcast. I am so excited to have you join us. And I love your topic because people are wondering whether or not to buy a home right now. And I'd love to hear what you have to say. Um, hi, Dave. Thanks for having me today. Um, this is MJ Agostini with Remax Right Choice. And uh, yeah, the, uh, 2023 is a great time to buy a house. And um, I'm going to give you five reasons why. Um, number one, interest rates are still historically low, if you would agree with me. Um, you know, I know a lot of folks are upset because they didn't buy when the rates were two and three percent. Uh, my cat is crying. Stop it, Mango. I'm sorry, Aaron. Hopefully you can okay. cut that out. Um, interest rates are still at a historic low point. You know, there are some buyers that are. So I, uh, I, let's let's take that again, because I wouldn't call it a low point, but they're in, in the normal range. So let's talk about the, instead of. So, uh, Aaron, we're going to we're going to riff on this a little bit. So let's say five reasons. So reason number one is interest rates. And then let's go back and forth. Okay. Okay. So okay. Take, start again from interest rates are, are. Okay. Uh, so 2023 is really a great time to buy, and, and I'm going to give you five reasons why um, it's a great time to buy. Number one, um, in, we're going to talk about interest rates, how they um, are still at uh, low values in comparison to the to interest rates historically. Um, we're going to talk about how rents have gone up. Um, consistently and they're becoming less and less affordable. Um, we're going to talk about the tax deductions that you can take advantage of as a homeowner. Uh, um, we're also going to segue into uh, demand. Demand is, will still continue to, throughout the next couple of years. People in our age bracket in the 50s and 60s have had a lot of kids and all their kids are I'm getting married and having kids. And so demand is still going to be there and it still has outpaced supply. And then finally, talking about real estate as an investment, as well as a retirement strategy. Mm. So uh, we'll, we'll start with interest rates. Sure. So interest rates today are what I would consider normal. What do I mean by that? We saw interest rates in the twos and threes. That was unusually low just six months ago they were seven and a quarter which was high especially relative to where they were but you and i remember when rates were in the tens and twelves so six percent does not feel oppressive no not at all i bought my first house in 1986 and my interest rate was 11 percent so. mm. yeah and I and you were able to refinance. Yeah, there's always opportunities to refinance down the road. And there's also opportunities to do to look at different loan products. As you know, Dave, you could look at the 10-year adjustable. There's a five-year adjustable. There's all types of different products. You do not have to take a 30-year fixed mortgage. As a matter of fact, most people are not going to stay in their houses 30 years. Um, so taking one of these shorter-term products uh, or shorter uh, limit products, um, it, it may be advantageous for, especially for first time home buyers. Mm. And, you know, if you think about it, interest rates today, um, it sets a ceiling for your housing price because depending on what happens next, you may 
six months from now, a year from now, two years from now, have the opportunity to refinance. And so getting into the market, locking in your real estate costs, locking in your mortgage, you're not going to refinance to take a higher rate. They'll only refinance when there are opportunities. So I love that. What else? Absolutely. Um, you know, rents rents are, are increasing. Um, as we can see, um, builders and developers are, are putting up apartments left and right uh, because they see such a demand, even not only now, but in the future. Um, and, uh, you know, folks are getting into rents at really peak prices. Um, they're, they're having less opportunity to save money for down payment. Uh, sometimes they can't have their pets in their uh, in their apartment. Sometimes the landlord prohibits pets. And, um, you know, why would you want to pay the landlord's mortgage, right? You want to be paying your own mortgage. So, you know, renting um, maybe for a short time period. Um, actually, I suggest first time buyers go live in their parents' basements. You know, ah. there's nothing wrong with living in the basement for six months to a year. Because think about all the money that you can save by uh, by doing something like that. And it'll probably be the only time in your life that you can go back and hang out at your parents' house, uh, you know, rent free. You get your laundry done. You get your meals <laughs> cooked. It really, really is a great deal. And you can certainly bank a lot of money to help for your new purchase. And I think the other side of that is, unlike when you buy a home, and as we said a minute ago, you're locking in your costs, because once you own your home and you lock in the mortgage, yes, your taxes may go up year to year, some of your other expenses, but you're pretty much fixing your costs. When you rent, what we find is that rentals go up every year. And um, if you're in a particularly desirable market, um, my son rented an apartment and then a year later, they wanted to jack him up like 30%. So um, unlike when you own a home, when you rent, you're always subject to the market. I love it. Yeah, absolutely. It's very, very stable um, owning your own home. Um, number three, tax deductions. Hey, when you go to purchase, we know they've they've um, ripped apart the tax code so many times and they've taken out so many deductions for middle America. Um, you, There are still some benefits um, for homeowners um, when you purchase your own home. Number one, you've got the mortgage interest. Uh, number two, you've got the real estate taxes. And I, I know it's there's a ceiling of 10,000. And I know in, in communities like yours in New York and mine in Connecticut and the New Jersey folks, I know 10,000 may not um, cover your taxes. Your taxes are probably a little bit higher, but it's a good chunk toward um, uh, your taxes and it's a nice deduction. And finally, some of your closing costs, you know, in the year that you purchase, mm -hmm. um, some of your closing costs can be uh, deducted. So there are definitely those tax advantages are still there, although they've been whittled down a bit, but they're still there and uh, and why not take advantage of them? Mm. Love it. Uh, and then I, I think demand, demand is, is going to continue for housing, I see no slow up. I'm not sure about you, but 
um, you know, the, the, our kids um, are getting married and they're having babies and they're looking for housing. And, and that is just not going to stop. And there's a lot of them out there. You know, uh, the baby boomers are starting to retire, but yet they're not moving from their homes. They're, they're comfortable. They're aging in place. And there's not a lot of opportunities for them to buy other properties. So um, therefore, you know, there's not a lot of product on the market. And as you know, the developers and the builders stop building between the housing crisis in 2008 until about 2018. So that's 10 years of very, very low production of new housing stock. So we've got all these kids, uh, Zoomers, I think they're called now, Generation Z, um, that want to buy and, um, you know, there's no, there's no end in sight to them. So I think the demand will continue. And as long as demand outpaces supply, prices are going to stay the same. You know, they may, you're not going to see these great increases. I think we're, we've leveled off, but I think over time, we're still going to see the normal three, four percent appreciation per year as we did going back to World War II. Mm. And and there's really a couple of things I'd like to say about that. For one thing, let's say you buy a stock for, you invest $50,000 in the stock market. You're, and the stock market, God willing, will start getting better. We'll see, let's say the market will go up by 10%. So your $50,000 investment will give you a $5,000 profit in the next year. If you buy a $500,000 home and you put down $50,000 and the house appreciates by 5%, you're getting a 50% return because that 5% appreciation on a $500,000 house, well, that's $25,000. If your down payment was 50, you're now getting a 25%. It's the power of leverage. And, um, you know, I agree with you entirely. It, I would not try to predict what the home value will be in southeastern Connecticut in uh, 2025. But what we know is that over any 10-year period, we've seen huge appreciation. And so there's every reason to believe that five years from now, 10 years from now, that house that you're buying in 2023 will be much more valuable. And again, with that leverage, you may you may achieve huge gains. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we just had a client, um, not just recently, but um, the end of 2020 into 2021, you know, he, very savvy, uh, retired um, Navy dentist, and um, he looked at the stock market and he's like, I don't like anything I say about this. And so he took 400,000 at that time out and bought a second home, a beach home in our community. And, uh, you know, a year and a half later, it's worth 600,000. So um, he was spot on, you know, he knew that the for his age, and he knew he's like, I need to shelter some more money. And uh, he did just that. And he did very well. I saw him at the post office the other day. And he's like, thrilled that he he did that when he did it. So yeah. And that's one of the great things about so many of our clients, because we get to see them, we get to talk to them. And you know, that that nervous home buyer a year from now, a year later, two years later, three years later, 
they're sitting there all smiles because now they're homeowners. Absolutely. Absolutely. They just sometimes need a little handholding, you know, no matter what their age is, they don't do this often, maybe two, three times in their lifetime. So, you know, a little handholding um, and just information, obviously, you know, information is so powerful for people and it helps them, you know, make their decisions. Um, you know, in, in the, the last point about buying a house in 2023 is um, for retirement or investment strategies. You know, it's it's not too young and you're, no age is too young to start thinking about your retirement. Right. You know, we're we're cresting. We're close, but we're not there yet. Um, you know, if I had known more about real estate as a younger person, I would have bought more property, you know, mm. and I would have kept more property. And, you know, then you would have a, even a little bit better retirement than maybe what you have right now. But um, it's such a powerful tool. You buy a piece of property, you pay it all down, and it's a great asset for you to sell when you're ready to retire and move to Florida or North Carolina or out West or mm -hmm. St. Martin. I just had a client move to St. Martin. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, so there's- Will they invite me for, uh, we get, yeah, get me an absolutely. invitation? Yeah. He bought a he bought a really big house. So there's plenty of room for anybody right. to come visit. Um, and then investment too. You know, you could, especially first time buyers. You're buying your first house. Um, you may stay in it five six years, build up some equity, and decide you're going to move up to something bigger and keep your house and do a rental, and then continue to do a rental, and that gives you some nice passive income. Um, and and uh, it's a nice thing to have um, in addition to your regular income. And that too can help with your retirement strategy. So, you know, buying property in 2023 is spot on and, and it will continue to be spot on. And, and those are really um, some five good reasons why to do that. Yeah. We like to talk about two aspects of the house. Because the house is your home. You know, it's it represents stability. It represents, um, you know, it, it's your nest. It's it's where you live. It's and and you know particularly, uh, you know, as you said, somebody with pets owning your own home means you have control. Um, if if you have if you want to design, you can design to your specifications. You're not restricted. And a home, and and then a house is also a monetary sink. It's a place where you can store your money and where your money grows. And so I agree with you. I think 2023 is a great time to buy a home. MJ, is this a good time to sell your home right now? Why is this a fantastic time to sell? Um, there's many reasons. Um, you know, if, if you're someone who's purchased your home five or six years ago, you've experienced incredible appreciation. Um, and, and it's like a bank account. Um, and that money is there for you to uh, focus on your next uh, goals and dreams, wh whatever they may be. Um, a lot of people are selling right now because they are cashing in. Uh, they're using that those funds to downsize. Um, I have a client right now who uh, can't retire unless she downsizes her house. So um, she, she really wants to do that. I've got somebody else who wants to take that equity and finish paying off their kid's education and, and go into something smaller. 
Um, and then I just had a client go and, and take some equity out to buy a second home. So, um, you know, those are really good reasons why you might want to sell uh, and get some equity and, and do some different things. And uh, it, it, as your life progresses and as, as you're looking down the road at, uh, at your options. Mm. So what I'm hearing is that there's two kinds of home sellers. There's those that got to sell. People that have to sell because of life circumstances, they uh, maybe they're in a three level house and now they need to be on one level or um, they need to downside their expenses or maybe they need to buy a bigger home because their kids are growing or their family is growing and now they need more space. So there's the people who got to sell and then there's the people who want to sell because they it, it fits into their career goals, their life goals, et cetera. What advice would you give someone? I'm sorry to cut you off. No, no, no. Um, so if you're thinking about selling, these are some of the things that you want to think about um, before you take the plunge. Number one, if you've been in your house a long time, probably want to get a home pre-inspected you know, 20 years, 30 years, you've been there. Many of our clients have been there that long. They just sometimes don't know what might be lurking. So a pre-inspection is always really, really good advice. Um, number two, have a, a professional stager or designer come in just to give you um, some consulting as to uh, how your house looks right now in the marketplace, you know, whether you need to do some painting, um, some rearranging, some decluttering, giving you some ideas to try to get your house up to uh, showing status. You know, in the old days before HGTV, you could just put your house on the market and it would sell. You know, buyers had very little expectation. Now, with the advent of all the home flippers, HGTV, um, do this, do that. Um, buyers do have an expectation. And, and so you want to be competitive just like your other uh, listings out there. So mm. have um, some staging and, and consulting work done. And, and you know, um, th that's, that's great because the way your house looks will really impact your, your sale price, right? So curb oh, yeah. appeal. Right. If, if the house, if the front of your house isn't attractive, that's going to make a huge difference. And someone like yourself bringing an unbiased look will, will say, hey, we could just trim these bushes or do these three things to make the curb appeal better. And then, as you said, the inside of the house, you know, um, buyers, from my experience, want to be able to envision themselves in the house. They want to think about what the house would be look, look like if they lived in it. And so if it has all of your memento, mementos, let's try that again. If it has all of your mementos, if it has um, too much furniture, it doesn't give you the opportunity to visualize what living in that house might be like. Yeah, exactly. Um, so staging certainly is important. And, and then, you know, third, calling in the landscaper, as you said, and it may not have to be extensive. It's just maybe taking out some overgrown bushes or um, laying down some mulch, um, you know, trimming some trees. 
because um, curb appeal is really important and uh, that's going to be the first how time that your house gets exposed to somebody they're going to drive by they're going to see it online and then they're going to go take a drive by the neighborhood mm -hmm. so um, having those things um, in order prior to listing um, are, are you know three of my top um, recommendations let's go back there um you didn't list three you listed two so we've got to oh. Uh, Pre-inspection, staging, staging, and landscaping. Yeah. Oh, oh, okay. I didn't listen. I didn't understand what you were saying. Because I, yeah. I would have expected you to do something about. Okay, so Aaron, I'm sorry for stepping on this. We're we're back with three things, and if I were going to sell my home, uh, my home tomorrow, why would I want to call you? And when I could, after all, I could just put it up on. I could put it up myself. I could put a sign in my front yard. Sure. Uh, why would I want an expert like you? Well, in today's market, it is very challenging to sell your house. Despite what you see and what you read, you think it's very easy. And that's quite the contrary. Um, first of all, you really need a professional to guide you for pricing. You know, you needed a professional to come in and do a market study on your property, compare it to other properties and give you some hard facts. What the price per square foot in your neighborhood's going? Um, how does your house compare to other ones that have sold? Um, how do the interiors compare? Um, how does the exterior, the landscaping um, compare? So an, an agent is very instrumental in helping you price the house, number one, for market. Uh, number two, negotiating. You know, many people think they can negotiate for themselves and maybe you can negotiate for a bar of soap, but you can't negotiate for a house. It's really difficult, especially, you know, obviously your own house. Um, you you can tend to get emotional. Um, you don't think business-like and um, an agent is that barrier. You are paying them to be your representative, to try to get you the most money under the best terms and conditions with the least hassle for you. So um, you want to hire a skilled negotiator, someone who's done a lot of transactions, been through a lot of pitfalls. Um, and, and that's the, the other thing too. There are a lot of pitfalls in the real estate transaction. You know, I always say obtaining the buyer is 10% of the transaction. Getting it to the finish line is really 90%. And there are so many things that can go wrong that an untrained person or lay person could not navigate. And that's what we, what we do. We navigate home inspection issues. We navigate appraisal shortages or problems. Um, we navigate um, any type of mortgage um, problems, you know, trying to get verifications and, and helping buyers get the documentation so that they can get their clear to close. Um, we provide vendors to help you fix things in your house that might be required by the bank. And we can pick up the phone and get and call our vendor and get a, they'll pick up and they'll say, hello, what do you need? Whereas you as the consumer try to find a vendor to come on short notice, it's almost impossible. You know, we, we hire these guys, we hire them and use them all year long. Um, we pay them very well on time. And so they're here for you. Um, whereas a consumer can't get that kind of service. Um, so th those really are the, the crucial aspects of why a realtor 
um, is necessary for you to uh, successfully sell your house for the highest amount with the least hassle. Yeah. What I understand, what I've seen in my career is that people who sell their home on their own, and let's face it, people do. But when a buyer walks in, he says, oh, there's no realtor here. They automatically cut their offer by 5%. And so, you know, time and again, when you look at people who sell on their own versus people who sell with a great realtor, I think that the people who sell with a realtor end up making more money as counterintuitive as it sounds. You know, they, a- they, absolutely. they end up paying the realtor but the, but the realtor, because of their ability to market the home, because of their ability to negotiate, because of their ability to eliminate last-minute problems, I think nine times out of ten, if not more, the seller with the realtor is going to do better than the seller who elects to do it on their own. It is. It's statistically proven that those that that use real estate uh, professionals do end up with more money. And, you know, one of the things that we're really good at is um, looking at multiple offers and in negotiating the best deal. You know, if you're a late person, you don't know, you know, you don't know the different lenders. You don't know how they operate. You don't know the agents. You don't know their track record. Um, you don't know whether a 5% down is better than an all cash offer. You know, you, you there's so, so many nuances about the transactions these days, and they're also different. You know, how are you supposed to pick one without having good working knowledge? And that's what we do. You know, uh, when we're the, the multiple buyer situation is still in play. We may not have 10 offers, but maybe we have three, but you still have to evaluate those three. And what are the best points and what could go wrong? I think a lot of folks don't know what could go wrong because they just don't know. They haven't been in that situation where mm. I've sold over 2000 pieces of property. And I know, I don't know everything that's gone wrong, but I know the majority of what can go wrong. And uh, you can see that you selling real estate, just like lending, you're looking down the road. Um, it's not just what's here today, here and now it's what's happening down the road for you. Um, and, and that's what we, we were visionaries and, uh, that's, that's the way we're able to successfully do what we do. Hmm. This has been an amazing conversation, MJ. And again, we've been privileged to be, um, on this podcast with, uh, MJ Agostini, a great realtor out of Connecticut and, uh, really my go-to, uh, Connecticut realtor. If you, if you have you're either looking to buy or sell a home in Connecticut. MJ is my first stop. So thank you so much for joining us. And this has been a lot of fun. It's a pleasure, Dave, as always. And we'll see you next time.